Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Film Making Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Today, very specifically, I'd like to talk to you about the modern independent filmmaking model. And I want to get into this a little bit because as you probably know, through my blogging, through my email, through this podcast, through the various uh, workshops and seminars that I conduct, um, and, and through my day-to-day -day life, I'm consistently getting the same question or at least some variation of the question over and over again. And that question is, hey, Jason, you're always talking about this uh, digital distribution stuff. If I made a movie and I put it out into the digital channels, whether it be iTunes or Amazon or Google Play or Vudu or what have you, how much money do you think I can make? And my response to that, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fair question, right? If you're making a film, you'd love to know how much money people are making in these digital platforms. And is it even possible to make money in these digital platforms? And what, what makes it difficult for me to answer, though, is it's as if you're walking up to me saying, Hey, Jason, I got this great idea for a frozen yogurt shop. And if I open a frozen yogurt shop, how much money can I make? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, to answer that question, I would really love to know how many flavors of frozen yogurt are you going to have? Uh, where are you going to locate your business? Who's your ideal target customer and how are you going to reach them in a cost-effective manner? What's your competition? What's the time of the year that you're going to open your frozen yogurt shop? Because, you know, odds are good that you'll sell a little bit less in the winter versus the summer. And, and I think you can see, you know, you're, you're, you're smart enough to kind of see where I'm going with this. So if you look at that as sort of an analogy, um, it forces us to take a look at why filmmakers are asking this question. Why is it so easy for a filmmaker to come up and just ask, how much money do you think I can make? Well, just for a quick history lesson, that question itself or, or, or you know, the whole sentiment of asking how much money I can make is based on the previous independent filmmaking model. So let me talk about the, the more traditional filmmaking model, and then we'll contrast that with what we have today. So let's look at the past. Let's go back to the year 2000, um, maybe a little bit earlier, 1995, somewhere around there, when video stores were you know, just all the rage, right? You wanted something to do on a Friday night, you'd go to the video store, you'd go to the new release section, you'd wander around the store, and you'd eventually find uh, some sort of film that you were going to go take home and watch with your family, and maybe you'd get some popcorn at checkout. Don't get me wrong, I miss those days. I, I miss those days so much. But it also represented a pretty interesting model, because if you thought about it, if you were an independent filmmaker back then, what you would do is you would create a product, which is your film, You'd go out and make a relationship with the distributor, and if they like your film, they would pick up your film, and then they would go to their buddies over at the video store chain, like for this example, let's say Blockbuster Video. So your distributor who has a relationship with Blockbuster Video would reach out and say, hey, I just checked out this really awesome film. I think we're going to pick it up. Um, how many units do you think you guys could uh, grab from us if, if, we gra you know, if we get this film? And then Blockbuster Video would say, okay, well, we'll get 2,500 units. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much. Let's uh, make a deal. Okay, so the distributor would go back to the filmmaker and say, okay, well, this is how much money um, we can probably pay you because, you know, Blockbuster is interested in picking up X number of units, in this case, 2,500. Um, and here's what we're going to pay you up front for the privilege of doing business with you, Mr. Filmmaker. And then, of course, you'll get this money on the back end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Well, what I just described was very much a business-to-business model. And what I mean by that is the distributor would go to you to get the product, but then they would have a business-to-business relationship with Blockbuster Video. So you're really just paying for the relationships. Now, obviously, these people have a lot of expertise, but the home video market, I mean, even talking about it right now, I wish this was the way things were because all you would have to do is go make that deal and then because you knew how many units you were going to sell, because you knew the cost of producing each one of those units, uh, plus the shipping, etc., um, you could figure out your profit margin you know, pretty much from day one. And then out of that, you could pay the filmmaker a fair amount because there was not a whole lot of risk and there wasn't going to be a whole lot of surprises. Um, now, you know, obviously, if there was some trouble in the, in the production of the DVDs, etc., that could probably create a rift. But, but for the point of this conversation... All the filmmaker had to do was find a distributor, uh, convince them that they had a really awesome product that the distributor wanted, and the distributor then made the deal with the video chain. And here's the real kicker. The end customer, the yous and me's of the world that would go out on that Friday night and pick up that film, well, that's all the video store really had to focus on, was getting more and more of the end customer. Uh, I believe you used to pay like a yearly membership fee, if I remember, and then every time you'd rent a video, you'd have to pay a little bit at the checkout counter. I mean, think about that. That's a pretty cool model. But if you look at it from a business perspective, you and the distributor making a deal with Blockbuster Video was a business-to-business type model, and Blockbuster Video making a deal with the end customer was a business-to-consumer model or direct-to-consumer model. So let's quickly contrast that with what we're dealing with today, right? We don't have Blockbuster Video anymore. We don't have Hollywood Video. The idea of actually going to a video store is archaic. I mean, there are kids that are born right... There's actually like young kids that have never stepped foot in a video store. They don't even know what that means to rent a video. Um, And perhaps you're you're in that category as well. I I don't know. Um, But... When you think about it from a business model, what happens today? You go out, you make a film, you meet a distributor. That distributor is like, oh, I got a great relationship with the digital platform. I'm going to pick up your film for five to seven years. We'll get you in the digital platform. I'm going to ask them because I know them very well. I'm going to ask them if we can get you some sort of special placement. And it's great. And, and, and you have these conversations and you feel really, really awesome because there's some sort of part of your lizard brain that goes back to 1995 where the idea of actually getting picked up from a distributor was a big deal, right? And you feel validated because so-and-so is picking up your film and they picked up all these other films. So therefore, I'm in this camp of people that are going to be uber successful because I'm doing business with this distributor. But what you don't know is that model changed, right? Because back when that distributor could make a deal with Blockbuster Video and sell 2,500 units, as I mentioned, there was a fixed cost, but there was other fixed revenues that you could kind of count on. These days, in order for a distribution company to make business, um, two things have to happen. One, uh, they have to source content that they think is going to really move the needle on the digital platforms, and that's kind of an obvious thing. But the other thing that that takes place behind the scenes is a lot of these digital distributors are picking up as much content as they possibly can each month. And we're talking like 20 titles a month. And they're not paying any up money up front. They're not paying a minimum guarantee. And in large part, a lot of these distributors are asking you to pay for your own encoding costs. And when you start looking at that, you're like, well, why are you having me pay this? You're the distributor. You should be doing all this stuff. 
Sure, in 1995, that would have been the case. But now we're talking a different era, a different year. Um, and, and what's happening now in the modern filmmaking marketplace is once you get your film onto a digital platform, you have no idea how much engagement is going to take place around your film. How many people are going to rent your film? How many people are going to buy it? You don't know. And, and frankly, neither does your distributor. And sure, as I mentioned, they can try to get you special placement, but there's no guarantee with that. And after the honeymoon period of your distribution deal uh, ends by like month number two or three, when they're on to like, you know, if you're talking 20 titles a month, that means that by month number three, you're buried underneath 59 other titles. Well, what that means, to put it bluntly, is if your film's going to be successful, it's up to you. Because by month number three, you got to still be out there and you got to be hustling so you can find the end consumer. In effect, you're doing the job that Blockbuster Video used to do. It is now a direct-to-consumer business. It is now a direct-to-consumer business model, which means that you have to make a relationship directly with the consumer. And you might say, well, Jason, isn't that the whole reason that I signed with the distributor? Shouldn't they be doing that? Yeah, I guess in theory they should. And I got to be you know, frank. Even though sometimes I get in these conversations and I get on a real uh, soapbox, there are actually some really good distributors out there that are helpful in this area. Maybe they specialize in food documentaries and that's all they do and they've sourced you know, 200,000 people that have raised their hand and said that they like food documentaries and now they're reaching out to you and they want to distribute your film. That might be a place to go. But if it's one of these distributors that doesn't really have any access to the marketplace and at the end of the day, you know your customer better than you, then you got to really ask yourself, is it worth it to go with this digital distributor or could I use you know, some sort of just upfront payment aggregator to get my film from point A to point B and then I go out because i got to source my end uh, consumer anyway, I go out and I hustle and I reap the reward. Because if you get into one of these deals and you're hustling anyway, well, for the next five to seven years, that distributor is going to make anywhere from 15 to 30% of each dollar. Anyway, you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. I want to protect you from taking crappy deals for mere validation and a pat on the back to say, hey, nice film. Thanks so much. Um, so, you know, it, it's really easy for me when I have these conversations with you to get onto the soapbox to tell you how things are. Um, but what I really want to do so that I can help add value to your own filmmaking career is I want to give you three tips, um, and, and this is based on my experience working in digital distribution where I frankly see dozens and dozens of films each month go through the pipeline, and I can start to see the films that succeed versus the films that don't succeed. So the filmmakers that succeed is, first of all, they figure out mathematically, I know math is kind of a bad word in the, in the creative space, I'm, I'm terrible with math, I just use spreadsheets, Okay. But you figure out how many units you need to sell. Just go ahead and assume that the digital platform is going to take 50%. Um, and if you want to factor in a distributor, if you're not going to you know, use a digital aggregator to get your film into popular marketplaces, you decide to use a distributor, then subtract whatever their percentage is. Um, but assume you're selling this thing for, for $10. Bucks. Um, assume there's no distributor and the platform takes 50%. So that means that you're going to sell each unit for like five bucks. And again, I'm being loosey-goosey with the math here, but figure out how many units you need to sell. In this scenario, you would just take your budget um, and you would divide it by $5, right? Okay, cool. 
So once you have that number, then the next step is you gotta figure out where your customer congregates online. Where does your target audience hang out, right? Um, grab another spreadsheet, find the top 50 to 100 websites, blogs, and forums that are already catering to your audience. And out of that, find out who has a large mailing list, right? Um, if it was a food documentary, are there any supportive food, food uh, advocacy groups out there that love that type of subject matter that has a large email list of a couple hundred thousand where they would do an email blast on your behalf. And once you do this work, and, and it is gonna take you a little bit of time, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, we're talking like one really solid uninterrupted afternoon where you just sit down and you really just start crunching some numbers and doing some research. But out of all this, uh, the big thing you gotta ask yourself is, is the audience large enough to support your budget, right? Because you gotta assume if you find these organizations, these blogs, these websites, these forums, and you look at how many people they can reach in each one, you have to assume that it's only gonna be a very, very, very small percentage of these people that are interested in your subject matter that are actually going to uh, transact with you on your film, right? So is the, large enough, is the audience large enough to support your budget? Uh, if not, go out and find some more organizations just like I described. And if you can't find any more, then you may want to rethink uh, the audience that you're trying to reach. Uh, who else can you add to it that's supportive of your subject matter? And I won't get into the full case study here, but uh, about two podcasts ago, and you'll have to look at my archives, um, I interviewed the gentleman behind a film called Range 15. And these guys really figured it out and really have it down pat. So it's very much worth your, your time to go listen to that podcast if you haven't already done so. Uh, but bottom line, through all of your promotional efforts, whether they be um, the free type of organic promotion where you're going out, you're hustling, you're talking to people that already have access to the audience, or the flip side is you get some money and you start doing ad spend, regardless of what you do, the, the rule of thumb is you have to make sure that your profit uh, is greater, or, or let me take another way. You have to make sure that the money you make off your ad spend is greater than what you spend in advertising because obviously if your ads aren't performing, uh, you start losing money and then that puts you out of business pretty quickly. Um, I, I know we've hit on a lot of topics here and, and this is one of these things that you know I spend my whole career working in. So it's, it, you know, I obviously can't cover it in one podcast. But I'd love to hear back from you. If you want to shoot me a quick email, jason at filmmakingstuff.com and ask me very specific questions about you know, today's topic, that will help me kind of form uh, what I talk about next so that I can help you more. Um, so once again, it's jason at filmmakingstuff.com. Um, and I, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. So you know, as always, take action and make your movie now.